We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Listen up, Roto-Grinders. It's the ownership report, rotogrinders.com for week 16 in the National Football League. And a happy holidays to all of you as we come up on that season of the year. My name is Chris Gimino, projected ownership analyst and joined by Eric Bynford, the closer. Uh, Bynford, what's going on, man? You, you are the last guest on this show before the end of the year. Are you ready to close strong with absolutely all the information in front of you, ready to make all the decisions here on a Christmas Thursday? Yeah, and by absolutely all of the information in front of you, I mean literally none of the information that uh, we're going to have to make all of our decisions off of. I am. I, I was talking to Chop earlier today, and I, I do feel a little bit oddly like re- reinvigorated that the NFL is kind of coming down the stretch, and the fact that a lot of these games are actually like kind of meaningful. We don't have as many, you know, like tanking situations and stuff. Like even you know, situation like the Lions and stuff. They're 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 trying to win. You know, I mean, they just. They just boat race the the Cardinals. And so that aspect is nice. I I do feel um, like a little more positive uh, about that. However, as we, you know, right before we're we're recording this, we're getting hit with more and more COVID stuff with just, you know, we don't even know. It's really tough to know how to gauge the slate, like almost until you get inactives um, on Sunday morning. We will obviously do our best here on on this show. But uh, you know, I think a lot of it is, is a little bit theoretical at this point and kind of doing what if, what if type stuff, because, you know, you're only going to have an hour and a half before the slate locks once you actually know who's even, who's even playing on Sunday. So kind of going through, you know, we obviously just got the Dalvin Cook to the COVID list news today, and we have issues with 
Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey and all sorts of different guys and, and certainly more to come, right? Uh, it, it's almost a lock that there will be be more to come. So I think these types of shows are definitely don't have all the, the, the information to make all the final decisions, but I think we can have good discussion on like kind of figuring out how to handle it. You're, you're really going to have to be locked in leading up to lock and hopefully that's what we can help with. Yeah, I and mean, we're, we're all constantly dealing with all this changed information uh, like never before. I mean, last week was just a complete bloodbath. Uh, uh, you know, all, all of my uh, best ball teams got annihilated by COVID. Uh, zero of the, I, I put 20% of teams through and I got zero through. So the good, the good news with DFS is we don't have that kind of pain to, to suffer through. We can actually make some changes and adjust. And, and that's what we'll do here at Rotor Grinders. And that's what I expect all of you are going to have to do if you expect to succeed on Sunday. Now at the quarterback position this week, starting with a look at DraftKings, Eric, I think that you're going to be looking at Jalen Hurts coming off a strong performance near the top of projected ownership. Of course, this this early in this in the situation, we don't know exactly how it's all going to shake out, but I'll give you my best guess here on a Thursday. I think Hurts followed by maybe Justin Herbert will be the top two guys because he's got a matchup with Houston. Who do you see other than those two guys that could creep up towards the top and maybe fall and say the top one or two? Yeah, those two definitely stood out out the most the only other guy that i would mention would probably be matthew stafford for whatever reason that the price came, has come down on him progressively um you know in, in recent in recent weeks and that's the one game that that i think really kind of sticks out on on this slate i, I guess you have maybe you know, chiefs games are, are a little bit interesting but they've kind of lost a little bit of their luster um throughout the course course of this year and i just think with the way the Rams are playing, obviously the Vikings have a even more condensed offense now, but a generally condensed offense. Um, I think Stafford would be the other guy. I, I think it's a pretty darn clear top three between between those three guys. Yeah, something special going on there between him and his top wide receiver uh, right now. I mean, as far as NFL seasons that I can remember, that legendary connection. Um, so you talk about what's happening here with Herbert. I mean, this guy, he, boy, you look at last year's quarterback draft and you just, you just got a feel for the dolphins here. Uh, rumors flying about that. They were going to take Herbert instead the chargers get him. And wow, uh, just been, been absolutely fantastic. Looking like a good spot here for him to crush uh, you getting his top targets back. And of course now no Austin Eckler. So you would have to think that this only increases the chances that they will rely on him just a little bit more, not saying they'll be in the run, but definitely a Herbert kind of game uh, could be incoming. Yeah, I think, that's the, so these these types of games are always maybe some of the most fascinating for DFS, right? You have a in theory the expectation that one team is is pretty much going to run run away with this with this game, but we also know they're going to score a bunch of points, right? And so how are they how are they going to you know get get those points? People always have those concerns about like oh they're they're going to be up by three touchdowns in the second half and and not throwing. And the Chargers are one of the uh, maybe fairly few teams now in, in the NFL that I don't know that we should ever have that, that concern with them, especially without Austin Eckler. Like I kind of like Justin Jackson. I've always kind of liked Justin Jackson, but I mean, they're not loading him up with 25 carries and Josh Kelly stinks. So like, I, I don't, I don't see a scenario in which they score what we're expecting them to score. And Herbert isn't throwing, you know, well into this game and and the Texans you know not the same as the Lions but they put up a little bit of fight now that they're probably going to be without Brandon Cooks here which I don't know how much fight they can put up with without their best their best player but they put up a little bit of fight with with Davis Mills in there so if you get just enough from from the Texans I mean the the, the ceiling is just through the roof here for for Herbert 
Of course, it hurts that uh, Brandon Cook's not, not available. So you're looking at just absolute nonsense on the other side for the Texans. Uh, certainly cheap nonsense if you want to try to you know, gamble on, you know, there's, there's some guys that are supposed to be good on that side of the ball, right? <laughs> you know, Nico, Nico Collins was supposed to be a player that could end up being something before it's all said and done, but he's still a rookie and he's on a terrible team with Davis Mills. So you, you don't really know exactly what you've got there, but you do know what you've got with the Chargers. And by the way, Josh Palmer going to be in there for Jalen Guyton. I think that's an upgrade. I don't know if everyone agrees with that, but that's a situation where I just do like the Chargers and what's going to happen here this week. We didn't really talk about Hurts. I mean, obviously you saw what the guy did to the to the Washington football team this weekend. Giants are generally a slower paced game. The Eagles are certainly a slower paced team. Uh, how do you factor that in terms of looking at him as a chalk? Obviously we like the rushing quarterbacks. The matchup is, is, is amazing. I struggle with hurts in these, these games. So like, I don't want to say Daniel Jones makes a difference, but the, the, the Jake from Mike Glennon thing is, is a situation where this is, it's almost like the opposite of the Herbert thing we just talked about, right? The Eagles, you remember the Eagles week when Hertz was super chalk against uh, the Lions and I don't know, week six, or, you know, so it's been, it's been a long time. It's been a long season, but Hertz was, you know, at a similar price to this coming off a bunch of games where he just, you know, the narrative was he gets there every week, he's running for touchdowns and all that. And certainly the, the median expectation on him. And I guess even the ceiling is, is, is there, but I think the Eagles have proven like, they really just want to run the ball. Like, let's go in there. Let's load up our running backs and, and a little bit of hurts too with carries and get the hell out of here. Right. You know, keep, keep the other team from, from getting a bunch of big plays and let's just, you know, run it 50 times and get home. And I think that's what they want to do. So I think, you know, from a tournament perspective at higher ownership, that's when I really start to struggle with, with hurts. Cause you know, in a back and forth game, you know, they're playing the chiefs or something like that. It's like, okay, wheels up hurts. Cause he's really going to have to be running around and throwing the ball. But in this one, you know, when we do have Herbert, we have the Stafford game and we have, we, we have some other upside quarterback options and some cheap ones too, that he's the guy I struggle with the most here, particularly at the, you know, at the top of ownership. If, if, if Jordan Howard's even on your roster, you need to read between the lines there about what kind of football team this is, right? <laughs> like if you, if the, if the team even has them, like it's a, it's a problem for, you know, anyone who's not the top two pass catchers. And certainly you're seeing that uh, with these guys, Watkins and Rager, who otherwise look like they're pretty good players, but they're just not getting any kind of involvement whatsoever in this offense. It's all Goddard and to a lesser extent, Devontae Smith outside the backs. Okay. So Lamar Jackson, probably going to be back, I, I guess. Uh, th this guy is going to be in a huge game against the Bengals. Uh, if he's good to go, how do you feel about him? Uh, the price tag is down as far as we've seen it in a long time. Yeah, I love, I definitely love, love Lamar here. I'll, I'll be interested to see what happens with him. Cause I guess, you know, we talked about who you, you kind of asked who could kind of creep up here. And if Lamar does, you know, get ruled in and like everybody feels comfortable with this health and all that um, at this lower price tag. And, and like you said, all the aspects about the game total must win, right. For, for basically both of these teams, definitely the Ravens are, you know, mid collapse here uh, with a, with a real shot of missing the playoffs, which I don't think people would have thought. And honestly, the Ravens are not very good. <laughs> that's another thing that I don't think people quite, quite realize is the, the Ravens are frankly, just not a very good football team. And the defense is, is, is horrid. The defense is absolutely awful. So if you get Lamar back here, sub seven K on DraftKings, and the field is like maybe a little bit skittish. I mean, they are clearly, you know, similar to the chargers. Again, a team that is willing to, even with Tyler Huntley, 
play aggressively, throw the ball. We know that these quarterbacks will, will run. They have no run game. Devonta Freeman and Latavius Murray and these guys are just are not going to be able to grind out wins for them. So if it's Lamar or even if it's Huntley, you know, whoever is back there at quarterback, it is on them to win this game. And the Bengals defense is like, you know, whatever. It's one of those matchups you just don't really care about. So I do, I do actually, I, I, Lamar might be the quarterback I'm most interested in like seeing where ownership comes in later this week. Cause if he's, if he is lower owned than Stafford and Herbert and Hertz and stuff, I'll be even more interested than I am today. Yeah, that, that's going to do it for the guys who are like, obviously, like just just complete stone smash. I guess you can throw Patrick Mahomes in here because he's always a potential stone smash against the Steelers, a little bit tougher of a matchup. But again, I'm not really going to back away from that. I think there's bigger questions on that team right now, though, than whether or not the matchup is tough for Patrick here. So we'll, we'll, we'll get into that later. Just just in general, uh, Patrick, if he's owned even at all right now, he's coming in at like, you know, between five and 10 percent. Uh, do you have any interest in Patrick? Sort of. I think on a on a lot of weeks that we've had for maybe the past month or so, where honestly, you know, we were deciding between some really, really bad, really bad quarterbacks. Um, I think you could just be like, it's Patrick Mahomes, it's the Chiefs. You know, obviously, like you said, we have some other things we have to consider if there's no Tyreek and Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes can be as great as he wants to, but I, I'm not sure that Michael Hardman is going to carry him to a, to a GPP winning winning game. If those two guys do happen to, to come back by Sunday, I think it's a little more interesting, but you know, we have, we, we just talked about four, four different guys that have pretty, pretty strong projections, ceiling, everything. So it's a little bit tougher for me to get to him this week. Yeah. If you go over on FanDuel, especially if you guys are out there playing on FanDuel, like the pricing is going to be so light over there when you talk about having Buccaneers value at running back and having Vikings running back value quarterback's going to be an easy to spend over there. So you're going to see all those guys that we just talked about, just get condensed ownership. Somebody's going to be really highly on for sure. Um, and th that's a situation where, uh, you know, we'll talk a little bit later than show about ways to get a little bit different. If you need to at quarterback, I'm not saying do it. I'm saying if you need to, it's going to be easier on FanDuel to do that than on DraftKings where, uh, you know, these guys are going to be a little bit more spread out. So once you get past Mahomes, though, I think, I don't know, you want to say Tom Brady could get up there because his pass catching options are now suddenly going to be very cheap. Uh, I'll believe that, yeah. uh, you know, Justin Fields, because he finally did something, but it wasn't even a good game. <laughs> it wasn't Jesper Horstead won me money. By the way, I didn't, I didn't play Jesper Horstead, but the touchdown did not going to any of the other receivers actually ended up yep. profiting me for me. So, you know, Justin Fields, is he a guy that's going to get up here? Who else is, is actually out there that's going to have any ownership? Anybody? I don't think so. The only other guy I would mention would be Burrow. Um, I think that game is fairly appealing. You know, he has two very fairly straightforward stacking options. And I think, um, the narrative around the Ravens defense is, you know, I was saying that their defense stinks. I am not the only person that can, that can see that they're down, you know, basically all their starting defensive backs uh, and some good ones from the start of the, the, the season. Um, an interesting thing about Burrow, I, I, I'm, I'm quite interested in Burrow as well, but if he, if he is like not going to be super owned, if you look back at last week in that Packers game, he like Aaron Rodgers probably could have had like five touchdowns is so, so, something, something absolutely ridiculous. And so if, you know, Lazard dropped one or two of them, he missed them once, you know, they, they double team Devonte Adams the whole game who they, they can't double team 
Chaser Higgins, you know? And so I think Burrow has a, has a, you know, under 6k would be probably my, my go-to option because I just don't think they're going to be able to score many points trying to grind out Mixon. He's also banged up. So kind of all signs point to maybe a little bit of a, a, a sneaky ish shootout in this game. So if you want to play the opposite side of Lamar, I do think Burrow is pretty appealing. 403 against the Ravens last time they played. And I think, I believe uh, Chase uh, absolutely gave them the, you know, the stone cold stunner just absolutely knocked them out with like a 200 yard game or some, something like that. So, yep. I mean, that's a definite situation where you, you know, match up no longer to be feared with the Ravens uh, com- coming up here uh, this weekend. We got a lot of stuff coming out on Roto Grinders premium. If you guys uh, care to see what we're up to, especially with these ownership projections as they will change all throughout the weekend. We're getting, you know, we got showdown stuff coming out. Uh, get up into the right-hand corner and click on the premium section and try us out. Uh, I promise you, you will find something to like on Roto-Grinders Premium. Now at the running back position, there is definitely something to like here. Uh, if you like uh, Ronald Jones getting there in the fantasy playoffs for every, uh, everyone, every, you know, went out there was betting on him in, in the best ball season. How do you feel about this, by the way? Uh, Fournette was the, the absolute play of the entire season and now suddenly... It's Ronald Jones for playoff run. I mean, I'd be lying if I said I felt comfortable ever with anything revolving around around Ronald Jones. I mean, the the stuff that Arians has said about him, you know, he said it earlier, even earlier this year. Well, I think he said he was like technically going to be the starter, and I, you know, he he still didn't didn't do anything. You know, he's he's hyping him up. I get it, right? They brought in freaking Le'Veon Bell, but like, I I, I see many scenarios in which. Rojo does something stupid like Rojo does drops a pass misses a blitz pickup or whatever and Brady just goes out and slings it 50 times even though this matchup is this matchup is absolutely set up for Ronald Jones Carolina passing defense is, is fairly decent right I know AB is back but there's no Godwin you know so it's set up for Ronald Jones but you know I'd be lying if I said like I felt really comfortable if he's going to come in super owned um, because I'm still not expecting a lot of uh, pass catching and, and I'm not sure that anytime, you know, you haven't like a, a fragile type of type of situation. And maybe it's maybe I'm just being, you know, overly dramatic and it's not as fragile as I think. But I just tend to think about, you know, you get to these backup running backs, guy like Tom Brady back there. Right. The coaches can say whatever they want, but ultimately this is Brady's show. And if, and if, if he doesn't if he doesn't feel comfortable with what Rojo is is doing back there, hey, he, he still might play and Brady just might throw or they, they, they might go to 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 somebody else here. Well, it, look, I don't feel comfortable with Ronald Jones really in any situation either is where <laughs> you started that conversation. And I'm not saying don't play Ronald Jones because yeah. certainly there's a situation. But if you look at the Carolina Panthers just as a team, it's one of the most criminally mismanaged offenses in terms of talent in the league right now. And the defense, like you don't even know who half these guys are and they just completely, you know, just play extremely, extremely well week in and week out, or at least most weeks. So the bottom line is that I'm not like super enthusiastic about Ronald Jones chalk, especially since I know, you know, Keyshawn Vaughn's not, I mean, he's, he's not dead meat back there. Like if, if, if Jones fumbles or something, I mean, you could be seeing, you know, a lot of different stuff happen here in this bag. I think they just, they just signed Le'Veon Bell. He won't do anything this week, but you know, that, that not a lot of trust there with Ronald Jones for me. Alexander Madison's a different story. Matchup is not fantastic against the Rams, but matchups don't matter in NFL DFS. It's the opportunity that we are looking for. Kenny Wangu, certainly not going to get back there for significant snaps as long as Madison is in shape and not badly damaged by the COVID virus at this moment in time, which I don't think we actually know. 
But assuming that's the case, I mean, we can expect a pretty big workload here for Madison, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you just get these situations, right? Like the difference in talent from Dalvin Cook to Alexander Madison is what negligible at, at, at best. I mean, Dalvin's probably a little bit better, but nothing to where, you know, especially at running back that that we care about. And if Dalvin Cook were 6.8K on DraftKings in this matchup, we would be like, oh my God, are, how are we playing Dalvin in 100% of lineups or 95% of lineups? And so it, it's a fairly similar situation for, for Madison. And, and that's part of why like the Ronald Jones thing, and we'll probably get to some other running backs are a little bit kind of sketchier for me is you have this guy and like Mike Zimmer is just gonna, he, he's gonna run. And he probably believes, and maybe rightfully so actually, is his path to winning this game is pounding the rock right? Keep it away from Stafford and the high powered offense, right? He's a traditional old school coach. That's, and he, he might even be right about, about that. So uh, Madison is just going to get all, all the opportunity. There's probably no better bet. I actually would almost guarantee there's no better bet for, you know, hundred yards and a touchdown uh, uh, at running back on this slate than him. So he's, a, he's definitely going to be a tough fade. The only thing I will say is, you know, it probably comes down to a lot more of roster construction we do have a fair you know you can save a little bit more with some different guys that we'll we'll get to ronald jones being one of them as well if you really want to you know cooper cup's expensive his teammate justin jefferson's expensive there's some good wide receivers obviously the elite tight ends so it's a little bit more of a roster construction than obviously some game theory aspects to madison but you know like you said i don't care about the matchup uh he's he's I mean, he's going to project for what the most raw points on the on the slate at running back at 6800 what's not to love yeah, you mentioned Mike Zimmer being a boomer. I actually accused him of being a boomer in NFL alerts chat uh, this week. And then I accidentally Googled him and saw who he's dating. And I yeah. said, whoa, <laughs> boy, this guy, hat tip to this guy. Stay young out there, Mike Zimmer. Uh, and <laughs> definitely pound the rock here with Alexander Madison this coming weekend. Okay, so no Austin Eckler. We've got Justin Jackson checking in as Chaka. I mean, I think these guys are going to be, you know, upwards of 20 plus percent owned this week. All three of the guys we just talked about. Uh, Jackson, I assume, again, you you know, we'll see how the projections play out by the time it's Sunday morning. But if he's, you know, above, you know, 13 fantasy points where we have him right now, you're going to be finding Justin Jackson on a lot of teams at 4,200. And that's just the way it is. You know, you mentioned Josh, Josh Kelly stinks. So it's, I mean, not that Justin Jackson's going to get a ton of touches, but I do think that he's more likely for passing game work and just in general, more likely to get in the box here. So against Houston, especially. So not what's not to like hear about Justin Jackson other than the ownership. Yeah, same thing. And I, I definitely have a little bit of bias. I've been kind of a, a little bit of a Justin Jackson stand. Uh, he, he can't stay healthy is actually, I, I don't think it's a talent issue really with, with Justin Jackson. He has just gotten banged up throughout his, his entire career. He's actually been fairly effective in any sort of, you know, limited duty that he's ever gotten. And we've even gotten a couple of times, similar situations to this where like Eckler, other guys were out, I think Melvin Gordon back in the day and and he uh, he would step in and he, and he would play fine. The, the, the issue is just fairly similar to Ronald Jones. Not that I'm expecting Justin Jackson to like get benched. That's a little bit more of the concern with with Rojo. It, it's just that I mean I I can't even guarantee that he's going to get the most touches in this backfield. Like we are making that assumption, and I think it's the most logical assumption. I also totally agree that he's the most likely guy for passing work, which is maybe the most important thing here, but I assume they'll call up Larry Roundtree, right? And when they do have Josh Kelly and that, you know, maybe those guys are the goal linebacks, right? They're a little bit bigger guys and maybe they play a hot hand, maybe Roundtree, which has happened actually this year, Roundtree rips off a big run. The next thing you know, he gets the next two series. And, and, you know, there, there are enough running back plays here that, that I think are reasonable that, you know, if we get Rojo and Justin Jackson, as super, super chalky plays with like actually some real fragility when we have like 
some other like real workhorses basically on, on the, you know, Madison is obviously the, the keynote one, but there's other guys too that, that I think are, are pretty strong. So that's where I struggle definitely on, on this slate is when we start to get some fairly strong projections and some fairly strong plays. And then you're playing these guys that, you know, they definitely have a lot of downside and fragility to uh, their projection and their role overall. Yeah. I mean, those are some good points here for sure about the uncertainty in the backfield for Los Angeles, but um, I, I will I will say that uh, it's 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 probably not going to stop me from getting him on one team at least. Uh, yeah. But it, it is uh, it it is a little concerning that there's a hot hand situation at large here. And you you mentioned Larry Roundtree jumping into the mix to, to throw a little bit of risk on that Justin Jackson fire. Now, if you rewind the clock 13 months, uh, you you can just picture the daily fantasy community and the fantasy community in general. You know that you know that gif where they're carrying the casket and dancing inside that casket was David Montgomery. And all of a sudden this dude just slapped everyone said not so fast. You know, I can, I'm, I'm a yards created King. I can, I can, I can keep my plays alive better than my opponents can bring me down. And all of a sudden we're looking at David Montgomery as a very reliable asset in daily fantasy guaranteed all the touches in the backfield, pretty much guaranteed to have the first crack at the goal line and very useful in the passing game at times. And now you've got a matchup with Seattle. So how do you feel about 5,700 David Montgomery? All things considered probably would have been one of the chalkier plays if we didn't have this other value open up. Yeah. The, the other thing about him is I don't think people quite realize the extent to which he he's a workhorse on this offense. Not even just the things, the things that you said, like everybody talks about Najee, right? Najee's like the one guy now that, you know, plays every snap and plays third downs and goal line and all that. Montgomery has seeded a few snaps here and there to Khalil Herbert or Damian Williams, but it's basically his, his backfield. And like you said, he plays goal line, he plays third downs. He's a little bit better than, you know, the, the DFS community like to maybe give, give, give him credit for. Again, I, I guess I'm just throwing shade at all these chalky running backs aside from, aside from Madison. The, the issue is just that, that offense. Like, I mean, I, I'm still a little bit bullish on Justin Fields long-term, but I'm certainly not bullish on Matt Nagy long-term, not really bullish on their, their, their weapons. And so, you know, Seattle is in, if both of these teams are, uh, we kind of talked about the Eagles earlier. If picture two teams that want to get in there, run the ball and get the hell out of there. It's the, it's the bears and, and, and the Seahawks. This might be the lowest amount of plays on the, on the entire slate. And so it's just another one. If he's catching ownership, like a bears, a bears running back on a slate with a bunch of guys, you know, so all these guys can't catch ownership, right? We're on our fourth running back here. And so that's the thing I'll mostly be monitoring. Like if nobody is going to play Montgomery, okay, he can go 102 here. But if we're, if we're going to latch on to David Montgomery, the, the workhorse, and maybe people are scared of Rojo or, or d don't need the savings for Justin Jackson, I think that's kind of some of the th stuff we're talking about uh, between some of these guys because they're in interesting kind of bizarre situations, whether it's bad offenses or maybe a little bit of a, a sketchy role. Oh, don't worry. We, we talked about four running backs and we're probably talking about two or three more, but the, then, then I, then I want to hear your take on everybody else, because just like, just like last week uh, it, it's not, it's not so friendly down past uh, the first couple of guys. Uh, nope. you know, and, and by, and by the way, with COVID it's probably going to get worse. So yeah. you name it. I, I mean, what's the percentage chance that one of the guys we just talked about is going to be out. I mean, it's, it's way worse than you'd hope. Um, yeah. It's way too high. It's way too high. James Robinson, hey, he uh, was chalk last week and he didn't ruin people's lineups. So that's, uh, I mean, that's the, that's not bad, okay? But now we've got the Jets coming in here. Uh, the Jacksonville offense is absolutely future. I mean, just like one of the worst I've ever seen. And 
it shouldn't man maybe it should be but i mean <laughs> you know james robinson certainly is not too bad uh, 5,900 for price tag on DraftKings. He's very expensive on FanDuel. So if you're playing on FanDuel, I don't think he'll be as chalky. Um, what's your take on Robinson going against the Jets here? Uh, looks like a spot to me where you'd probably rather throw it. Yep, I totally agree. I, I mean, I, I guess it, it's the, the same thing with, with all of these guys. It's just we're getting I – mean, I, I couldn't agree more with the Jags sentiment. And I think last week was like I maybe held out a little bit of hope coming into last week. I'm like, okay, they stink. Like there's no question about that. That offense is literally, like you said, one of the worst I've ever seen, but okay. We're going to get the Texans and then we're going to get the jets. It's like, even they can put up some points on, on these guys. Right. No, I mean, last week was one of the most pathetic performances I've ever seen against a Texans team. That is just, you know, they've given up, right. That the Texans team is not even really interested in winning and the Jags couldn't even like keep it particularly close with them and they couldn't score points what one touchdown, you know, I mean, so it's just another situation. Like he's going to project well, right. The matchup is great. He's getting all of the work, you know, he catches passes. Their team total is reasonable enough for, for a Jags team, but it's just, can James Robinson bury me in tournaments? Like he couldn't do it against the Texans. And like, even, even at like 25 points, I would love to have, of course, I would love to have 25 points from James Robinson on, on my team, but like, is he ever really burying me, burying you like Alexander Madison can bury you in my opinion. That's a scarier fade than, than James Robinson. And so, you know, last week he got in the box, he played every snap, he got a bunch of targets and he scored 15 fantasy points. Like, what are we talking about here? You know? So he's, it's just another kind of the similar, similar story where we're running down this list of either running backs with sketchy roles or the role's not bad, but they're on like one of the worst offenses in the league. And if those situations get ownership, I, I, I tend to prefer to look elsewhere. There are, what is it? So it's week 16. There are three weeks left in the regular season. How many touchdowns will Miles Scanners score in three weeks? Is the answer zero? Because I think that's like the line, right? I think that the line yes. is the, 0. 0.5 uh, for <laughs> Miles Sanders. So what do you think? The line is definitely 0. 0.5. But he's the first guy I'm kind of excited for out of out of this group, actually. Um, we talked about Hertz and we talked about how the Eagles want to play. Um, I think Miles, you know, came back from a, uh, an injury last week and was, you know, basically the the, the workhorse. Obviously, Jordan Howard mixed in, but a, a good chunk of Jordan Howard's carries were in the fourth quarter when that game was completely was completely out of hand. Um, I, I think that they can their offense, particularly their run game, can just absolutely overmatch this this uh giants offense and and the giant or this giants defense the giant, talk about a team that's quit i mean come on the giant the, the giants are not interested in playing out the rest of this this season so if i was gonna bet a miles sanders touchdown at the line is definitely 0.5 but i think this is the week and then when you factor in this ownership and maybe hurts get some ownership we'll talk about goddard later get some ownership i think miles sanders makes quite a bit of sense as a leverage play through it for a bunch of different reasons yeah, uh, just just not going too well for for Joe Judge, uh, brother of a girl I went to college with. Shout out Janine, but uh, this uh, situation not 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 really bearing the way that he had hoped here in New York. I don't know if he's going to be able to stick around here, but uh, certainly he's going to have to show some kind of signs of life here uh, in the coming weeks. I, I don't know if he's going. What do you, I don't, let's not get into the coaching carousel right now. I just yeah. you know the the Giants have definitely not been showing in their best work as you alluded to. So uh, Joe, Joe uh, Mixon here is a situation that's interesting. I think the ownership is probably going to get tamped down uh, just a little bit 
I think the passing game work, honestly, is really starting to hamper his ownership on DraftKings, uh, just not really getting a ton of it. Uh, the, the touchdowns are there for him. Like, he's definitely a guy who can get there for DFS via that uh, parabolic upside. But if you actually throw in some targets in this guy's mix, he could really be huge. What's the situation? Are you getting involved against the Ravens? I don't think so. The Ravens are definitely, um, you know, putting our hand in the dirt for a quick second. A team I, I, I would much rather attack via the pass. And I think that's, it's really almost, even when they had all their guys, that was a little bit just the way that they play this crazy, you know, they have a good front. They play super pressure pack defense, bringing blitzes and everything like that. And the Bengals are not a particularly efficient rushing offense. You know, they, their O-line is absolutely abysmal and that can be okay. Right. We see that with Najee, right? The Steelers can't run on the Steelers couldn't run on the, the Jets. But if if you have a role that obviously gets you the goal line work and gives you passing game work, it, it you know you, you can you can be just fine in fantasy. But Joe Mixon has lost that passing game role. So now not only is he he dinged up, Samaj so P. Ryan is playing most of the passing down snaps. You know, Joe Mixon gets gets a little bit of work here and there, but we're back to old school. Like P. Ryan has just taken that, if you remember like the old Gio Bernard role and why Mixon was never un- really like you know unlocked. In, in fantasy, we've kind of taken that step back with Mixon. So when you combine all those things, like a little bit of a rough matchup and, and, and all of that, Mixon is is low on my on my list. Yeah, it's it, – the ownership is probably going to reflect that too. So I don't know if the fade's going to get you anywhere in terms of edge on the field, but it is certainly if – you, again, if you're not feeling the upside, what's the point? It, we do need to score fantasy points to win. Okay. Outside of the guys we just talked about, then we got a big list of guys of question marks, lies, split backfields that could end up being huge. And I'll just give you some examples on this. Okay. So just guys, we don't really know what to think about. I mean, Michael Carter uh, against the Jacksonville, he's not the, the, it's the other Michael Carter who's out with COVID, right? Not this Michael Carter. Yes, I think that the was the corner. That was, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he's, again, he could be loaded up here against uh, Jacksonville and the matchup is certainly pristine. For that, but I again, Jets running back not going to fall over ourselves. I mean, Najee Harris. I mean, I mean this guy's like good for like every snap and like 0.005 fantasy points per snap or something. I mean, this guy just cannot yep. get huge games going so far in his career. And uh, the Kansas City matchup in early in the year was a lot better than it is now. So I don't think people are going to be excited about that. Patterson, uh, you know. He's, he's scoring touchdowns. I'll give you that. The matchup's great. So what about Patterson? Give me give me a quick take on Cordell Patterson, then we'll move on to the wide receivers. Yep. He's my favorite guy probably of, of, of the rest of these guys. Matchup is obviously great with the Lions, no matter how many cool hype videos we see of Dan Campbell on, on Twitter after after wins in, in the locker room. Uh, there was a little bit of concerns for CPAT you know, for a, a stretch there, losing Mike Davis started to to pick up snaps. Then we saw last week, CPAT really spiked back up over 60% of, of the snaps. And I think, you know, they're, they're, whether, whether they should be or not, they're still fighting here down the stretch. The Falcons are, and he's, depending on what you think of Kyle Pitts, he's, he's their best player. So when, when you get a Lions matchup, you know, we know he has a, he has some kind of passing game role. He gets goal line work. We've seen what 35 plus point fantasy games before whether that's fluky or not the upside exists on a guy that don't throw him goal line fades <laughs> and he's in and, and he's a running back so um i think he has a ton of upside at fair at you know reasonably low low ownership so i'm pretty excited about him actually yeah so that that's that's going to do it for the chalkier running backs let's get the wide receivers so we can have some time for low owned plays so 
before we talk about Cooper Cup, one place you might want to examine the prop for Cooper Cup is Thrive Fantasy. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this football season, buying for. It's a place where you can play fantasy sports, but with props. So you get, eliminate the hours researching the, the shitty guys that we're going to talk about here at the, at the low own section plays. You just focus on the top guys, 10, 20 guys. That's, a, that's who's going to be in the player pool for you. You pick your 10 best and each prop's going to have an over and an under, like over unders tend to have. Uh, hit the most props and win your share of the price. We'll use promo code grinders when you sign up and you'll receive 100% instant deposit match up to 250 bucks plus two free $20 tickets with a deposit of 10 bucks. Now, if you put... Uh, you know, 100 to 499, you'll actually get four of those tickets. If you get it to 500 bucks, you'll get six free tickets. Download the Thrive Fantasy app in the Play Store or in the App Store. Visit thrivefantasy.com, sign up and prop up today. And like I said, Cooper Cup's the guy who's going to be on there because it's only the studs over there. And uh, if you want to play Cooper Cup, you're going to have to play 9100, and that seems like a bargain. So what are we talking about? We're playing Cooper <laughs> Cup again, right? Yeah, I don't have much to much to really even say uh, about Cooper cup. I think the only thing to consider is like any sort of possible leverage. We didn't talk about like Sony Michelle or something. And I'm not particularly fascinated by that situation, but the only reason, you know, especially depending upon the field that you're in, maybe if you're in a smaller field tournament or something, and we we might see some absolutely insane ownership for a $9,100 guy, you know, you can start, there starts to become a tipping point in terms of some of these other Rams guys as, as leverage. But I mean, what, what the matchup is great. Everything. You can't say anything negative about this guy. He's, he's, he's a, a very different looking version of old school Calvin Johnson. Uh, to- totally not worth over talking about Cooper cup here. He's going to be very highly owned, especially on FanDuel, but uh, just go ahead. And I mean, that, I mean, you can afford him on FanDuel is why he's going to be higher on, even though it's not PPR, yeah. but what are we talking about here? I mean, uh, go, go listen to another show. If you want to hear about what's, you know, whether or not you should play Cooper Cup because of the ownership or whatever, even though that's generally what we talk about here. I'm just going to say he is going to be in line for a huge fantasy score every week. And if you're one of these bros out there who thinks that playing the ownership game means fading an absolutely massive probability play, by all means, go listen to those people. I'm not going to tell you that. He's been a stud all year. Matchup with Minnesota tends to lead to blowout games, situations where guys go off in fantasy. So Cooper Cup looking pretty good again. Now, I have... More concerns about Antonio Brown, who should be chalky if he is 4,900 and expected to score uh, somewhere between you know 13, 15 fantasy points on a median basis, depending on who's doing the projection. Uh, the issue that I have with him is that he has not been around for several weeks. Uh, he is someone who has got a certain number of issues to begin with, and you know he's 33 years old. Is he going to walk in here and just get? a full complement of snaps just because these other guys are out or are they going to rely on the guys that have been in the building for more time than he has? I mean, what's the situation here? I mean, I think in general, we can trust that he's going to play a good amount, but is this a full-time player we're talking about with Antonio Brown? Yeah, see, I don't really think so. I mean, I, I, I certainly get the appeal of, of AB, but I think he was never, and now granted this was with Chris Godwin, but even when like Godwin Evans would get banged up, he's a little bit of a role player, right? Like let's call it 65% of snaps or, or something like that with, you know, upside of 70 to 75. And I, I don't really see that changing. Maybe there's a couple, a couple more, more targets, but like you said, he's been, he's older. He's been out of the, you know, I, I think all that, you know, he looked good earlier this year. I'm not denying that he's still a good football player. All the reports are that, you know, he looks great and blah, 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 but he had an ankle injury. Then he's had his suspension issue. I think that there's a lot of reasons to think like, okay, he, he can have a good game and, and he's probably in your cash game lineup. But 
it's kind of similar to some of those running back things. Like, you know, if he doesn't catch a touchdown, what are we even talking about here? And, and, and I don't think he's the guy without Godwin that you're like, Oh my God, he's going to come hang a Cooper cup line on me. You know, he can catch a bomb or something like that, but I would be more concerned about like, you know, Gronk catching three or Evans catching three or, you know, something like that than, than a B. So if he's going to be this owned, I I tend to lean a little bit away from him just because of all the uncertain things you brought up. Unrelated, but never forget he froze his own feet in his hyperbaric chamber. (laughs) So gave himself frostbite. Uh, Just can't get over that story. It's just crazy to me. Okay. So you said that you said what, how did, how did you phrase it? That he, he has some issues or something like that. that You You said it very, very PC. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's definitely he's definitely not the most stable person in the league, and that's an understatement. Tyreek Hill is a player who might not even play this week because I guess he's on the COVID list, but we don't seem as concerned about this as we do with other players for some reason. Yeah. Why are we not? T- why is he still in my projections? Why Why aren't we taking him out? I mean, I don't. I, I don't have any read. Like, I guess I don't. How, I don't know how anyone can have any read on the the COVID situations. I did see just. A quick side diatribe. Somebody mentioned, you know, the Browns had all of those. They're, they're, they got their game pushed back, right? Obviously, because they had so many, so many COVID issues, got pushed back two days, and they still only had one guy return from, uh, you know, the the COVID list, even though the game got pushed back. Which is like, so why the hell did we push the game back? But I, I so like, I guess I'm trying to use that in a little bit of logic on if these guys are going to play. But I mean, how the hell does anyone know? I. I, I don't think anybody can really come up with any any real true educated guess. To your point, though, it, it has me a little bit interested in like no one, even if those guys play and we get we get the Shefty bomb overnight, right on on Saturday on Saturday night. No one, everyone's been planning for those guys to be to be out, and so now you're going to give me Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. Like I said, the matchups, whatever, it's fine at like especially with Cooper Cup up there. I mean, what are these guys going to be the lowest ownership maybe they've ever had in the history of DFS? So I, I think it's a, it's a, it's an interesting situation, but I am kind of planning for them to be out, but it's another one of those Sunday morning. Like when Sunday morning comes around, you better be prepared to think this one through. Look, we, we know who's hanging around DFS these days uh, at the end of the year time for, it's not the guys who are not following along. And if he, if he, I mean, if they're back, they're not going to be the lowest owned guys in DFS, especially on FanDuel, where, like, where are you going to spend the, is Cooper Cup going to be 90% owned over there? Like, I mean, like, yes. I mean, if, yes. like, he might be, but like, like Tyreek Hill is going to get some ownership there. I mean, there's no way to spend. And Kelsey's the tight end. So I think FanDuel is the one where DraftKings, it could be a little bit more interesting because, yeah. you know, you have money to spend, but it's it's a little bit tighter. FanDuel, if they get ruled in, everybody's going to put them in their projections and yeah, they're definitely going to pop. So for what it's worth, the guys in chat were telling me that they, you know, they, they think there's some optimism that both of those guys can come off the list, which is why they're actually in the projections and why they actually still have ownership projections. But if obviously if I take these guys out of the ownership projections with, with the numbers they're getting, they're just going to skyrocket Cooper Cup. It's going to – anyone who costs money that you want to play, Keenan Allen, I mean, these guys are just going to start going through the roof. So that's the kind of week we're looking at here if we lose those guys. Um, really quick, can we – can we, what, what have you done uh, what if on like a Hardman or anybody like that if uh, no. if you were to pull them out? You don't want to do no, that yet. <laughs> I, I, I have not allowed my mind to get there yet. I mean, one, one thing, one terrible situation at a time. I mean, you're talking about Byron Pringle, uh, Demarcus Robinson. I mean, what is, is Josh Gordon going to emerge from the grave if that happens? I mean, there's a lot to think about here as far as the Chiefs are concerned. But part, I would say that the running backs will end up being people that we're interested in as well. 
but God, don't, don't even joke about that. Okay, so Marquise Brown, boy, 5,800 is a pretty good tag for him. You mentioned not being scared of the Bengals as a matchup. Uh, fantasy points-wise, maybe we're aggressive at 14 here. I don't, I don't really know where everyone's at as far as what we think he's a pretty good uh, way to go this week. How are you treating Marquise Brown? Yeah, on one hand, I, well, I love the price. That, that That's for sure. I, I also don't think people quite understand how kind of big of a volume hog he has been he's viewed as right like the it's almost like the the baby Tyreek Hill syndrome people think Tyreek is just this down the field bomber but he's actually like a, a crazy high target share and gets a ton of short to intermediate work and Hollywood has has been that and he really was that last week it was almost embarrassing how low his I mean he was just catching two yard pass after two yard pass from Tyler Huntley will that happen with Lamar I don't I don't think Lamar will lock in on him on these little you know, two yard checkdowns quite as much. Lamar, I think will push the ball down the field, but that, that also is what unlocks, unlocks his, his upside. So I, he's also the kind of guy in, you know, if you're interested in this game, whether you're playing Lamar or you're playing Burrow, he's the kind of guy I really like in these kinds of games, because you just get these lid lifters that just open the game up, right? You get the one 60 yard touchdown. We saw what you, you mentioned it with chase earlier, right? He had 200 yards with an 80 yard touchdown. The next thing you know, there's 40 points on one side. And it just speeds that game up. It's like the anti-Bears Seahawks that we talked about earlier, right? There's no, there's no way that that game is getting sped up. But in this, you get one big bomb, then maybe you get one on the other side. And the next thing you know, like that's the game you have to have in tournaments. So that's a big reason why I like him too. Going to fly through the rest of these guys. So we're, I think we're playing the Chargers for playing uh, Justin Herbert. I'll get your take in a second on whether we're playing him if we're not playing Justin Herbert. Justin Jefferson is... God, I mean, the matchup's not fantastic, but I mean, where else are they going with the football? It's it's him, it's the, it's the running back, Madison, and then, you know, if Theon's around, they'll probably get him mixed in to this particular group as well. But Jefferson's a complete beast. I don't think we're worried about Jalen Ramsey or anyone else on earth when it comes to playing him. So if you're stacking that game, that could be an interesting run back. Uh, looks like you got him tagged here uh, for your conviction play for the week. Uh, Nico Collins is 3.4. Uh, I tried my best to, to, to make sure that the passing efficiency was down as far as it could possibly go uh, in this matchup with the chargers and having no offensive weapons, but even so Nico Collins still looking like he's going to have to get approached double digit fantasy points on a median basis. And at 3.4, that's a play that's, you know, he could be higher owned if there wasn't so much other value on this particular week. And I still expect you'll see him in a good number of lineups. Uh, Mooney. I don't know. I mean, he's mid-priced uh, same with D DJ Moore was, he was trying to get a lot of ownership and they're going to throw the ball a lot here. I mean, these two mid-price guys, Mooney and Moore, they could see some ownership and then God, RIP Allen Robinson. He's 4k questionable uh, tag right now, but he's 4k fine for is anyone playing Allen Robinson? No, but can you, has, I, I would love to sit here and go on some rant about Allen Robinson. Like, Oh, this talent is too good. The matchup is good. Blah, blah, blah. But like, what, I mean, what are we doing here? The guy, he, he you have to show me something at some point throughout the entire year, like at least like signs of life. And maybe, you know, we can convince ourselves on the BS, like air yards and all that kind of, it's nothing. There, there's not a metric you can point to that, that says he should be more than 4k. And like, I, we talked about the bears offense. Why am I wasting? Why? Oh, I, I, I don't know. I don't, there's, there's too many other options. Right. And there's going to be more, you, you there's going to be more that open up by Sunday. I just don't want to mess around with it. Anyone else that you think is going to be chalky here? Uh, so we mentioned the Chargers real quick. Are you playing them if you're not playing a Keenan Allen stack? Or yeah, Justin Herbert stack. I don't I don't think so. Not if I'm not playing Keenan. And it, it wouldn't be because they're they're not 
they're not good plays, but I think you can probably get raw points projection somewhere close enough with I let, let chase, right? Just play Jamar chase or play T Higgins or play Hollywood or something like that. If you're attacking that game, as opposed to like a one-off Keenan Allen. So I think, no, I think we could talk all day about running about wide receivers. If we had the time, which we don't, um, what we do have time for is to get over to Roto Grinders and click on the DFS OGs league, uh, get in there and play against those guys. Uh, notorious head shopper, beer makers fan, get your share of what's going down in the OGs league on FanDuel uh, on our homepage. We got a link there. Go hang out with those dudes. Uh, hang out with, uh, you know, probably hang out with Dallas Goddard though, too, because if you are uh, playing the, the idea that the Eagles are going to go ahead and do well in this game, like they did against the Eagle or the uh, Washington football team, Goddard's like pretty much the only show in town. He looking like the guy we thought he was. Is he going to do it again as chalk? I hope not because I probably won't play him. But uh, hard to hard to like really say anything negative about Goddard because he's the guy. Even with everything, like I kind of gave my take on the game and how the Eagles want to approach this game. He's the one guy that's almost like immune to that, right? That's not like they're going to throw it five times. This isn't the the Patriots game plan in the wind. They're they're going to throw it just enough. And like, it's him. It's it, 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 he's, he's the passing offense. He's the red zone passing offense. So he he's, yeah, I, I definitely get, he's a tough fade. I would just be making sure I'm smart about how, I'm, like, I don't really love like a one-off Dallas Goddard because I'm not so certain that that makes sense um in in tournaments but i think if you're being smart about how you're playing him obviously at 5.1 he looks he looks really good kelsey if he's out uh you you know we won't discuss travis kelsey here i think that's going to boost the ownership of guys like gronk and mark andrews on this slate so i expect both of those guys to have a pretty good amount of ownership i think both of those guys are well merited as high upside fantasy plays at the tight end position but i think you're going to have a bunch of people along for the ride if you play those guys, uh, but they score touchdowns, and we like that for daily fantasy. Commit three point three. He's the probably the best cheap guy that I see here, uh, unless I'm I'm viewing this wrong. Is there anybody on the cheap side that you think is going to be chalky? Not that I think is going to be going to be chalky. And Komet gets just a bunch of volume, so he's always going to project well. But it's same Bears white wash, rinse, repeat at a new position with a with a Bears guy that they're all just cheap, so they project fair enough. But like, how much do I really want to invest in that offense? If you're not playing Goddard, Gronkowski, or Andrews, you're probably, and if Kelsey is, of course, Kelsey, if he's in, uh, you're not really going to be looking at a bunch of ownership at the tight end position. So not really a lot of discussion game theory-wise for the plays or the fades there. Uh, certainly from if you're playing it from the low-owned angle, hey, who can who can we play at low ownership to maybe get there in these big tournaments? Maybe we'll talk about that in a couple minutes. Okay, so the defenses right now, early, this is still all pretty early, but the Falcons are sh- showing up as high, possibly high-owned against the Lions. The Bears are showing up against the Seahawks. And looks like the Chargers against the Houston Texans are the top three on the board at the moment. Uh, is there someone else below this that you're seeing as a potential chalk defense that we may need to consider getting away from more often than the field? I don't think so. The only one I would maybe add is, is we did see people spend up a little bit more last week. And if we get into any sort of... Uh, uh, you know, situation where we have to, like more value opens up even more than what we're talking about, about right here. I do think the Eagles people love to pick on the giants. They're going to have one of Mike Lennon or Jake Fromm back there, which people love to, and rightfully so love to pick on those backup guys. So 
maybe a little bit there, but no, I, I think it's definitely, um, and I was going through and running some optimals and, and built hand building some teams and stuff too. And it was fairly clearly uh, the, the spend down and then maybe the chargers. Okay. So if you like the idea of listening to podcasts like this one on a regular basis, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and like and subscribe the RG podcast feed. If you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and smash the like button and get your inf information from the Rotor Grinders channels. Lots of smart people coming on here, myself excluded, but Vine4 and many others on here on a regular basis, giving you the lowdown. Go ahead and subscribe and like this stuff. You will appreciate it. Okay. Now it's time for the low owned pick section, Vine4. This is where we're going to go through the bottom end of projected ownership. Pick out maybe one, two guys position that you think has a chance to get there. Uh, give your lineup a little bit of an edge. And when I say an edge, I'm talking about mostly for these big, big, big fields. If you're, if you're playing what buying for is in, like, what are you, what are you in, like, the the 50K entry, like, monster or whatever buying for? I mean, you, I mean, you're out there playing with the big boys, right? Not not, not quite to, to that level, but definitely a lot of the smaller fields, right? Anywhere typically from, you know, the, uh, you know, 200 to 500 range or something like that. So re really small field is where I like to focus. Yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna need like some of the guys I'll talk about here uh, on this one, you know, with with the jobbers. But uh, go ahead and give me a play. Though. I don't care what tournament you're playing. Tell me a quarterback you think can get it done at low ownership, no matter where the hell you're playing. So the one guy I brought up earlier that I'm not gonna say low ownership, but definitely ownership that I don't think, at least as of right now, I'm concerned about his ownership is Joe Burrow. You talked about the matchup that uh, they had earlier earlier this year that he just absolutely lit them up. I think he's built to, to kind of rip up this matchup and their offense is built to rip up this matchup. Now, I said, I've said that about the Bengals a couple times this year where, like, if they're smart, they're going to throw the ball to their wide receivers and they don't do it. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. The, the, the other guys are all, always seem to be uh, on these absolutely putrid and horrible and horrible teams. But we're getting these, like, bad game you know these like all the worst teams in the league are playing each other and i think they're all pretty pretty interesting i, I do actually think i've given up on trevor lawrence <laughs> after last week but i think zach zach wilson actually uh on the other side he's getting a little bit of rushing work at the at the goal line and the jags are just absolutely awful i think he's reasonably in play and then the other guy for me would would be matt ryan you know i know he's dusty i know there's no calvin ridley and I know that the Lions slowed down the Cardinals, but uh, I think that that was pretty much a, a mirage. And uh, I think I think we could get an old school like 303 Matt Ryan game here. All right, I'm going to give you two names here that you didn't mention. Other other possibilities here. So look, it's the it's the Patriots, and it's a tough matchup, and all that's going to be cold as whatever. Uh, but Josh Allen's good at scoring fantasy points, and he's not going to be high owned. He's not going to be close to high owned this no. week. So uh, if you like guys who can go for 304 and rush for 100 yards probably not in the same game all but you know you, you're looking at a guy like josh allen this isn't the matchup to get excited about but if you're big, if you're playing these big tournaments get out there and get some josh allen at super low ownership and here's a name that i wish i wouldn't say out loud hmm. drew lock is I knew it. one of these guys. i knew that's who you were gonna say look his one hand he he's gonna like make an embarrassing <clears throat> interception or some terrible play and you're gonna say drew lock stinks but this guy, if he absolutely strings together some of these plays that he's capable of making, these like wildly awesome throws and, and, and their deep touchdowns to underperforming receivers who haven't got done squat this year because they've been playing with Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke is the kind of guy who could get lucky 
in a game and actually string a couple of those plays together. You don't need a ton at 5,100. If you want a little bit of a unique roster construction, there's not a lot of guys that cheap that are that worthy of a play this week. I'm not in love with saying it out loud, but I do think it. And I'm sorry that I think it. Go ahead. Give me a running back. Uh, my running back is actually on the same offense as, as that. Uh, Javante Williams. Javante jo- 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 Williams. Um, you know, I, th- this, I think we need to throw away this narrative of like he's going to steal the job from Melvin Gordon. I think people – that was very clearly never, never going to happen. They're in the playoff hunt. They're trying to win games. Melvin Gordon is a part of their offense, and they don't want to give Javante Williams 100% of the work. But the, the biggest thing that has changed that I think people are not talking about about is passing game work Javante is like an awesome pass protector and an awesome receiver so he's growing into that role and this matchup is is great for him to be I mean he's he's like always efficient on the ground this matchup is great for him to be efficient on the ground and if he can rack up some catches you know he's going to be super low owned because we do have some some other options but a really talented running back on a team that I do suspect is going to score a good amount of points compared him like at the same price to what we were talking about James like Jags running backs and Jets running backs and all that. I prefer Javante to those guys. Yeah, def- definitely a much wiser play. Okay, so let's let's pretend like I didn't say Josh Allen at the quarterback position, and I think the game goes the other way. Uh, one of these guys, Stevenson or uh, Damien Harris, or maybe both of them, could be out. And no one's paying attention to the Patriots running backs in this game. I promise you, no one's going to give a crap the entire week. Uh, yep. then something's going to happen. They're not going to tell us what's going on. We're going to find out what's going on. And then they're going to be under own. And no matter which one it is, Harris, Stevenson, JJ Taylor, uh, Brandon Bolden, for God's sakes, one of these, whoever's <laughs> out there slated to get a ton of work for the Patriots, you might want to play that guy. Uh, so that's not an exact take, but I think that that's probably the angle you might want to start to shoot for. If you're looking to get a little bit different at the running back position, uh, they will run the ball. I promise you that. But go ahead and give me a wide receiver. Just looking at my, so I, I talked about the Bengals. The first one that jumps out to me is T Higgins. <clears throat> everybody, uh, you know, he's not super, super low owned, but everybody seems to gravitate towards chase all the time. And we have higher ownership projected on chase, despite at, to me, they're like the same they're, at, at worst. They're like the same, the same play. And I guess chase is sexier. He does make a little bit more big plays and stuff like that. But if you can get T Higgins at lower ownership at a cheaper price in the same matchup, uh, I really like going after that. <clears throat> I'm gonna throw two. I'm gonna throw two. Two more. You mentioned Justin Jefferson, not low owned, but I think if anything, now with the Madison news, people will play Madison and people will spend up on Cup, and then we do have a lot of other options. I, I personally don't foresee Justin Jefferson getting steamed up to a crazy level of ownership, and I'm not sure. Even with Thielen back, I'm not sure people quite understand how good and how much upside he he has. And then the other one, you don't have to play him. In a, in a fade Cooper Cup lineup, but you were talking about in these crazy, crazy large, large fields. It's Odell Beckham. Um, Odell has been pretty freaking awesome for for the Rams. I don't I don't think uh, he, he's lost a ton of of ability. And if you do happen to get the game where Cooper Cup doesn't catch all the touchdowns, I promise they're going to score some touchdowns. And I think Odell is the one guy that very clearly benefits from maybe a situation where, where cup doesn't go absolutely nuclear and you can play them both, of course, but um, uh, he also makes for interesting leverage. I feel like dudes under 10% who can get 10 targets. I might throw Stefan Diggs into the mix. Uh, <laughs> you can get more than 10 targets. That's for sure. And he's probably going to get a ton of targets this week. If, if the bills actually had the football. So again, I'll, I'll flip the scenario. This is not the scenario where the, the Patriots backs are going off. But this is a situation, regardless of whether you play Josh Allen, where Stefan Diggs is going to be low owned because of the structure of this slate. And he's like, 
you know, he, he and uh, Cooper Cup are not this different. Like, I mean, they're different the, the way it's been going this year. But last year, yeah. Cooper Cup was Stefan Diggs. So go ahead and maybe consider doing that at the wide receiver position if you want to get a swerve. Any tight ends? Oh, yeah. Kyle Pitts. I'm not. I'm. I'm going down swinging. What? I'm going down swinging on on Kyle Pitts. He has not scored. He scored one touchdown this this entire season. I talked about the the Falcons just kind of liking over. I talked about CPAT, right? I talked about Matt Ryan. I, I'm bullish on the Falcons here in in this spot in a in a dome. You know, as we get to winter winter issues, uh, weather and all that. If there was going to be a time for Kyle Pitts to do it. At super super low ownership, I think I think that this is the week. So I will definitely be having some cow pits. Uh, people wonder if I'm uh, if I am stacking a Buffalo Bills game against the Patriots. Uh, who is who's the run back on that particular stack? And it is Hunter Henry out there, uh, number one uh, most likely player on this team outside of running back to score a touchdown at this point in time, and definitely been getting target volume worthy of consideration even outside of touchdown work lately now if the bills are going off they're probably going to have to uncork mac jones and not you know be able to run that kind of game plan that they would probably prefer to run i think henry would be in line for an additional uh, bunch of work if that were to be the case and i do think the patriots can have success on offense if if it is a game where there's some points required it's not very likely to happen but again if we're in one of these mega fields and we want to make a team with the bills and the patriots i wouldn't mind getting hunter henry in there folks that is going to do it for the ownership report in week 16. I wish you the best of luck and happy holidays in all your contests. My name is Christian Mino. We'll be back again next week for Eric Beinford. Go win something.